Hello and welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences, tips and inspirations. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and how to have as much fun as we can. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Susan Jarvis. Susan has created the Spicy Boudoir to encourage connections on a deeper level and to become an ally for those who are discovering their own sexual expression. Her focus is on breaking down the taboos and stigma associated with sexual freedom and using intimate pleasure devices. Mm. She wants to know, I'm going, oh, okay. She wants to enable ordinary people to discover their extraordinary selves and experience a life of passion. So welcome, Susan. Hello, and that's a very nice introduction. In a nutshell, we sell vibrators and cock rings. <laughs> and more. Yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're all about uh, understanding that sexuality and your sexual energy happens in your head and your heart, not just in your genitals. And for a lot of people our age who maybe didn't get much sex education and are living under uh, an umbrella of shame, they need someone to talk to. And they don't want to have a tacky retail experience walking into a sex shop where they've got you know, images of plastic genitalia jumping out the walls or neon neon lights and things like that. So that's that's why I created the Spicy Boudoir. Yeah, and there's yeah. more reasons to it, but essentially to provide people our age with a very classy and a good place to be basically right. when they do their shopping. And a safe space as well because yes. you don't know who you're going to meet. Who works in there? Is it going to be some 20-year-old young bloke or something? You, you can't talk to them. Mm. And... I'm struggling here. And our bodies change as they get older anyway. So our needs and requirements and everything changes as well, which is something that I don't know that there is that much information on, to be perfectly honest, like the changes as we go through perimenopause and then postmenopausal the changes in our body are actually huge. And so that must necessitate a change in sexual requirements, I suppose. And it does. It's, it's kind of, that's not the right word, but it's, it's yeah. I'm it's struggling it's really awareness. Awareness there. Like I know through my personal journey, Karen, I went through from being quite lustful and hot-blooded to wanting to shut up shop and never have sex again. Yeah. It's literally how I felt. And that happened fairly quickly, like within the space of 12 months. I mean, even today, like I'm pretty much menopausal now. Perimenopause for me started when I was about 40, 42, and I'm now 54. So I, I know I'm not quite through it. I'm still going through symptoms of dryness and brain fog. Thankfully, I don't have a period anymore. That's a blessing. You have to say, you have to say that. Yes, no more periods. Don't have to worry about my sheets, things like that. But to, in regards to sex, what I discovered, though, my clitoris didn't actually shrivel up and die. It's still there and it does still work. 
It just works in a different way. And rather than being an instantaneous arousal from reading something spicy or watching something on television, it's now more responsive. And when I say responsive, I mean taking the time to invest in intimate, quality intimate time to awaken the clitoris that's up in here and in my heart because they all work in alignment. And I've achieved that, you know, through being very sensual, taking the time to talk because let's let, let me just say sex is not just about a penis inside a vagina. Sex is actually conversation, kissing, eye-gazing and touch and a lot more. A lot more. It's not about to you know the friction of that. It, it's connecting with your inner spirit as well, and that's that's what I've been trying to educate people. Take the time, and your arousal is there. But you've it's like a fire. You've got to lay down the kindling, blow the oxygen on it, and build it up, and then keep stoking it. And you can do that with the partner or on your own. What caused you to start doing this? Because this isn't your background or anything. There was was obviously something happened that made you go, hang on, this isn't working now. As in exploring my sexuality or the um, business? Both sides of it because as far as I can hear, they're very much intertwined. Like one, they're hand in hand. Something happened Mm. and you went, you know, other people are struggling here and it all kind of happened together. Well, I guess I'll just set the scene first for my own journey. So I'm throwing back about 15, 16 years ago. I was married. I was in a very stale, very unhealthy relationship. I weighed up to 165 kilos at that time. Goodness. Yeah, I was ginormous. I was so sad and miserable. And thankfully, a dear friend sent me a postcard or a card just to say, Susan, I'm so worried that you're going to die, that I'm going to be at your funeral. She knew how how lonely I was in my marriage. So uh, instead of most people might go, oh, you bitch, how dare you say that? I got on the phone and rang her and thanked her from the bottom of my heart for having the guts to trust our friendship and to tell me. And so that was the, the chain reaction or the, that catalyst for immense change in my life, Karen. So I thought I needed to rediscover so much more about myself. It, it wasn't about sex. I, I mean, I was celibate in that marriage for the last three years in separate bedrooms but I'd lost my joy for life. I lived on the couch. I wasn't going to see live music, theatre, wouldn't go to the movies. I wouldn't even bother about wearing makeup, doing my hair or even wearing a bra. I wore men's singlets under my shirt. So I really disconnected from being feminine. I've never been a woman who is prissy or into really lace and florals and things like that. And there's different degrees of femininity. That's a hard word to say when you've only had two coffees. Femininity. (laughs) So I started to find my spark and I started walking around the block, which was really hard to do when you're 165 kilos. That's a massive effort. I was exhausted. It was painful. 
I was fearful of being yelled at by yobbos because where we lived in North Queensland was um, we had a big army base just up the road. And sure enough, I'd get yobbos calling something out from the car. Can't remember now. Doesn't really matter anymore. But I built up my walking up to 45 minutes every day. And I started to see change, which gave me more encouragement to keep going. So I went to the gym and I started swimming. Now, I've never been very good at freestyle. I certainly can't do the breathing, but I used a snorkel and flippers. And I was doing about 1,500 metres three times a week in, you know, a bit of freestyle, breaststroke and so forth. Then I needed something up here. So I went and joined the Dante Alighieri Society and started to learn Italian, which was a great, that was a great experience as well. Mind you, I always felt very embarrassed practicing my Italian because, you know, we're Australian and we have this really strong accent. <laughs> I didn't follow it through and I regret that because I will soon have an Italian son-in-law. So I need to brush up on that. I can actually read more Italian than I can speak. So I guess there's some benefit. So during that phase of this was at my of the beginnings of my awakening, I reached another what I call my champagne moment, and that was understanding deep down I made a decision to end the marriage. So that was back in 2005. And then over the course of 2005, 2006, my father was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer and Dad died just after Christmas of 2005. And while it was incredibly sad, I always knew something great, something wonderful was coming for me. And uh, when I returned back to, I was in North Queensland and my family Southern Queensland, I discovered that I was going to be made redundant from my job, which I'd been with for 21 years. And instead of falling in a heap, I just jumped for joy. It was the most incredible experience. 21 years with a large telecommunications company, hint, 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 that redundancy package was enough for me to go and study full time. So I did that for about 18 months. And by that time, I'd lost 40 kilos from the time I decided to do something. And, and I was, look, life was fabulous. A year after my marriage, I was still celibate and I decided I was ready to meet somebody. I was also ready to um, explore because I'd had a very vanilla and stale life in terms of my sexuality and I knew that there was more there I had an inkling that I was attracted to women I didn't know if I was gay or if I was straight or bisexual I also had this philosophy Karen I didn't want to die and have regrets okay so my life for the last 15 years has been about building what I call my deathbed memories so if I'm fortunate enough to die from old age or if I'm unfortunate to get an illness and I have a long progression, you never know how you're going to go out of this life. But 
I've embraced my mortality and I think everyone should embrace their mortality because if you do that, life becomes, you realise that life is richer, that there is purpose and that purpose is to love and be loved in return, loved with your family, loved with your friends and love others, like helping strangers, using your skills to help others. So, so that's my philosophy of life. So I'll just get back onto the sex because everyone wants to hear about sex. <laughs> I met this man on a dating site. He actually contacted me and he was about seven years younger than I was. And so I didn't see a future there. He was just meant to be, me, to be my six-week six lover. And uh, we ended up being together for seven years and lots of great times, lots of frustration because he was very different to me. He was a beautiful bogan. He liked to smoke a smoke weed too much and I'm not into that. Again, having to find the courage to step out of that relationship because it wasn't meeting my needs and my values were being compressed and compromised too often. But during that relationship, I was so fortunate to experience, I guess, tick off some goals as well. I explored my sexuality. I explored my bisexuality. My partner and I at that time, we lived in an open relationship for the last two or three years. And looking back, I now know that was his way of compromising to keep me in the relationship because we were floundering a long time. Just before I moved to Brisbane, I discovered I had been diagnosed with HSV2, which is not a Holden. That's a Holden special vehicle. HSV2 is herpes simplex virus. And there's two types of herpes. is the cold sore that you get on your mouth, which I've never had. Then there's the cold sore that you get on your genitals. And I was devastated, Karen. I was gutted. It's like someone took, put a sword in me and gutted me because I was coming to Brisbane to start a whole new life. I didn't have plans for the business at that stage, but I had plans for me, more growth, culture. I, couldn't, I just couldn't wait to get to Brisbane and all the theatres and the museums. So I had big dreams and I was absolutely gutted. So I turned to a bit of research and I discovered that HSV2 and other STIs amongst people 50 and over, it's the fastest growing population who are experiencing a rise in STIs. And that's because you've got a large amount of people leaving relationships either through divorce or through death, breakdown, so forth who are out there dating with not much knowledge about STIs, how to detect, how to protect themselves and how to get tested and where to get tested. So if anyone's listening, if you're in that phase of, you know, you're about to start dating again, don't be scared to date. Knowledge is power. And having conversations with a potential partner as well is important. So, yeah, I went through a period there of deep loneliness and uh, really kicked my depression going. So I do live with anxiety and depression. been living with that for about 15, 20 years diagnosed, but possibly 
longer. And I knew deep down that whoever I was going to meet and fall in love with and if they loved me would be a significant, a magnificent human being, and they are. So, you know, love is still on your horizon if you have herpes or any other STI. You just don't give up. So with the business, that idea came to me about three years ago and the catalyst, again, was an opportunity to buy a a, um, party plan, a sex party plan business. And when I looked at the brand, it was so tacky. It was just, look, it was crap. It just made sex into a joke. And And I thought, no, it's not a joke. Sex is great. Sex is part of our spirit and our energy. There's so much sexual energy for us to tap into. It it helps us stay resilient. It really does. And we shouldn't be embarrassed about talking about sex or having sex. To me, sex is as natural as the air we breathe, and yet we choke on it, and we shouldn't. So when I saw this business, I thought, oh, God, it's so tacky. I, I just knew I could do something better. And the name, the Spicy Boudoir, was popping into my head constantly. And I'm a great believer of the universe. You know, the universe provides for my uh, good fortune all the time. And so when I looked at the business name register was available, it was available as a domain. Instagram and Facebook were available. So radio, thank you very much. I'll take that. But I had a sense too of feeling invisible in society because I now use a walking stick because I've got chronic osteoarthritis in both knees and I live with pain every day. I've got beautiful grey hair, which I just think looks fabulous. Best thing I ever did. Let me go back to the STD for a minute. Do you know which partner it was and what would you do you know what to look for? Because that is something I personally have zero education. About. Okay. I would not, I mean, and I'm happily married, so it's probably not going to happen to me, but, you know, <laughs> what do you do? Um, <clears throat> well, the thing about HSV, and I can only talk about HSV because that's only the only experience I know, apparently you can have that in your body for years. The virus, it's part of the chickenpox family. Um, okay. It attaches itself to two nerves. There's a nerve that ends around in your pelvic area and the other one, I'm not, I can't remember up here. It's been a while since I've dived deep into the information, but something about ganglion. You will never know, unless you've only had minimal partners, you will probably never know when you got it unless you saw it on somebody. So outbreaks, for me, when I discovered it, I had experienced a burning sensation when I went to the toilet and I could just feel something just not quite right. And I saw my doctor and she's fabulous. And uh, Michelle said, oh, look, just by looking at this, I can tell, I suspect this is HSV. And I said, oh, what's that? Because I said, I'm a Ford girl. (laughs) She did a swab and blood tests and came back in a couple of days. Thankfully, clear for everything else, but just herpes. So it can live in your body for a long time. You can have an outbreak if you're stressed. 
that can bring an outbreak. It's different in every person. Like for me, I haven't actually had an outbreak since that time. My doctor started me on an antiviral medication, which I took daily for quite some time. So I think that has helped suppress things because I've gone through some incredible stress. I did have multiple partners. So I contacted everyone that I had been with in the last six months before my diagnosis because I felt an obligation to tell them. I told my partner who I'd been living with. And I haven't ever received negative feedback from people. When I moved to Brisbane, I was dating online initially and I'd go and meet someone, conversation would be lovely, and I'd be honest and upfront on our first meet and tell them I had HSV. You'd never see that person again. So in the end, I thought, oh, I just can't, I don't have the energy to meet people and then tell them. I'd rather they met me and knew about it before they met me. So in my dating profile, I changed my tagline. <laughs> I'm going to swear here. For those who don't like F-bombs, cover your ears. I said, I've got HSV too. Thank fuck it's not Holden. (laughs) Because I was raised a Ford girl, okay? My dad used to work for a Ford company. And then I talked about, if you understand what that title is and it doesn't matter to you, and the number of messages I got from guys, oh, what's wrong with Holden's? Or um, I've got a Maloo. I don't care. It was really written in a way to sort out the people who contacted me. It was my, I would call my blue singlet brigade filter. So I wouldn't get, you know, the bogans and people who just weren't my match. And I had incredible, incredible messages from other people congratulating me for being so open and honest and brave about it. I thought, well, that's the only way I can be. I can't go into any new relationship with this hanging over my head unspoken. Yes, it was hard and I was shit scared about the uh, feedback, but in the end, a stranger's opinion matters not. So don't be scared about dating and don't be scared with, about falling in love with someone who lives with herpes. I would much rather have a cold sore on my fanny than a cold sore on my mouth. At least you can cover one up. <laughs> exactly. And you, can't, you can't kiss anyone when you've got it. How does it impact your sex life when you've got herpes? Well, if I feel a tingle, we don't, we're not intimate in that in regards to genital touching because your skin is constantly shedding. So you can transmit during an outbreak or even when you're not having an outbreak. So we would refrain from having pleasurable contact together. But I can honestly say it's not impacted our sex life. It's just made us more conscious. So Um, it's only when you're having an outbreak that you're actually contagious, is it? Well, look. I'm not a qualified doctor, so I can't speak with all accuracy uh, without Googling an article. If you're having an outbreak, you're definitely contagious at that time. 
if you're not having an outbreak, you can still transmit through shedding of um, skin cells, but it's minimal. I understand that the risk is minimal if it's just through skin shedding. I know the good doctor, Professor Fraser, who is here in Brisbane, he's the gentleman who helped develop the vaccine for cervical cancer, the HPV. He's working on a, a cure for HSV. So I don't know where they are in that um, cycle of research and, and testing, but there could be hope for the future that they could knock that over. Because, you know, one in eight Australians has herpes of some sort. Wow. It's, one, it's as common as the cold, Karen. But I decided a while back, I've always told my, my, my daughter knew, my partner, my girlfriends, some of my family have always talked about it. And this year I've decided to go public about it. And I've written an article in Women Beyond 40 last, yeah, last issue or the issue before. I talk about my experience and I share actually my dating profile that I wrote that attracted lots of good positive energy for me. I want to encourage women and men to come forward and talk about STIs. If you're meeting someone new and you're dating, one of the conversations that you should have is about your sexual CV and you should both get tested before you have sex, even protected sex. Go and have it all checked. Show each other your test results. Talk about are you going to be monogamous with each other? There's a lot to navigate, but you should always be open about it. And if you're not sure how to be open about it, then go and learn. And there's lots of communication courses around, like sexologists are a great, great place to go to to learn how to communicate clearly and how to tap into yourself as well. So, yeah, I don't have any hang-ups talking about it. When I told my daughter <clears throat> at the time, she was single and we were on a Mother's Day picnic. And I said, oh, there's something I really want to tell you. And she goes, oh, what? And I said, oh, I want to just tell you I've been diagnosed with HSV. And she said, well, you can only get it once. <laughs> so I love that moment. It's in my heart and it's, you know, Telling people about it has actually lifted burden off my heart and off my shoulders. If anyone's struggling, like from the article that was in Women Beyond 40, I was interviewed by them on Saturday for the Good Girl Confessional uh, podcast and Sandy gave me feedback. Someone had reached out and said, just reading Susan's article has given me hope and courage for the future because they haven't had a relationship for about five years. And I think that's a tragedy to seclude yourself just because of a little skin condition. That's what it is. It's a skin condition like a rash. That's really sad. Let's go on to the sex toys side of things. Tell me what the spicy boudoir does. Okay. We predominantly stock. I like to call them pleasure devices, which is code for vibrators and lubes, masturbation devices and things like that. I've got a couple of examples here. Can I show and tell? 
Yep, you can okay. show and tell. <laughs> this is my favourite product. It's called The Melt by a company called WeVibe and they have developed Pleasure Air technology. And I'll just bring that to the camera. So that there, when you turn it on, has a suckling uh, motion. So it's delightful on the nipples, but it's even more delightful placing it on your clitoris or near your clitoris. This is what I use because my orgasm lives up here. The clitoris is just the physical doorbell to access my clitoris up here. But I'm always surrounded by what have I got to do in terms of my business? Have the dogs got water? What do I need to get on the shopping list? You know, all these jobs, all these things roaming around my head. And no matter how many times I try to be mindful about sex, there's always a breakthrough moment. But this is my key to unlock my orgasm. It's, for me, it's my guarantee that I will always experience that heightened pleasure. I'll give you the link, Karen, to share, but I have recorded a little video where I talk about this and how I use it. So that's in, embedded on the product page of this particular product. Something I want to share here and for those who can't see this video, I encourage you to watch it on YouTube because this is a model representation of what our clitoris looks like. So this is just basic sex ed 101. This is not a life size. This is, this is huge compared to what it is. But under our anatomy of our vulva, this is what is actually there. These do have medical Latin names. I know that's the bulbs. This is our clitoral gland. So that little tip there, that's what we can see and feel at the top of our vulva. But all of this sitting underneath, when we become aroused, this is engorged just like a penis. And actually, if you look at anatomy, the design of this is actually what would become a penis in utero in the male so this can all experience pleasure and devices that have vibration so this vibrates as well as suckles all of that pleasure moves down the shafts and if you learn how to if your partner strongly recommend your partner become the master of your vulva because to have a, a massage of your vulva you can experience the most incredibly deep, earthy, connected orgasms that you'll ever understand. And there are plenty of online courses, but one, one I would totally recommend if you're partnered, whether you're male or female or two women, is to jump onto the Curious Creatures website. They have an online workshop called Pleasuring the Vulva. It's been a changer for us and my partner, his confidence. I mean, he, we've we've always been very communicative. Communicative. I can't say it. Brain fade. We talk a lot about our sex life. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. We talk about how we pleasure each other. Is this working? What else can I do to make this good for you? We really make the effort to share it with each other. How we're feeling about what we're doing. 
And that's been a key ingredient to keeping uh, a relationship going for seven years when we're over the honeymoon phase and we've got plans to, over the next 20 years, you know, to, to keep working on our sexuality. And I think all couples should do that. It's not about getting off. It's about getting on. So we sell products. This one here is a porcelain dildo. The ones we sell, are they don't have the dots on them. This is a model that I've got. But these are handmade in Canada. And uh, I'd never used porcelain before, and I'm a big fan because you can use it with temperature. So you can chill it down or you can warm it up. And it's shaped for G-spot stimulation and just a beautiful device. You can even use it to massage and, and touch. For menopausal women, I must mention there's a new product on the market, Karen, for people with who experience a dry vulva, which has certainly been my experience. I've been in such agony with micro tears from being so dry. And a woman in North Queensland, her name is Sandy Davies, she went through horrific experience of using a, pro a product and it, it burned her vulva. She was in a lot of pain. And because she's got that sensitivity and she thought, what am I going to do? So she ended up developing her own product and it's called Happy Pores and Vegan. And she's heading towards organic uh, certification. So basically, let's put a bit some on my hand. But if you can see that glinting. Just that's I've applied way too much, but it's basically this the amount of a pearl into your vulva, and you'll have intimate relief, no more itchiness, no more scratchiness. Uh, highly recommend it. And you can we stock happy paws uh, on our website, and we've got a um, buy two, get your third one for half price. So you can share that around, or you can contact happy paws direct. But Highly recommended if you've got a dry fanny, stop using gooey lubes and get on to the Happy Pores because it's just, it's an incredible product and it smells divine. Like it's very neutral and coconut based. So, very good for our bodies. Probably time to wrap up. Maybe we have to set up another chat. I think we might do because I do want to delve more into because I know the kind of sex parties that you're talking about that you went to, we've all been to them, particularly 20 years ago, 30 years ago when all our friends were getting married, you know? No, I didn't. Did you? Oh, I did. No. I went to heaps. Did you? See, I didn't even know. Yeah. I did not even know that people had sex outside of their marriage when I was married. I feel like I'm a newbie. Um <laughs> Wow, maybe we should talk off camera. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm not talking about, hang on, I need to rephrase that. I mean, yeah, when you say sex party, no, sex stuff, like when they're right. selling sex, that not actual parties where you have sex. No, no, no. <laughs> no, really never put your foot in it. <laughs> I'm talking about like, what's it called? Um, 
like Tupperware parties. Yeah, like Tupperware parties, you know, and you buy all this. No, I haven't been to any of the others. (laughs) (laughs) I should have rephrased that right at the start. (laughs) You know, I'll just say when I went on my journey, I did not want to, as I talked about my bucket list, I just needed to know where do I fit? Am I into fetish stuff? Am I into group sex? Am I into being bi? And um, so I I just had to almost uh, have a tasting plate (laughs) to find out where, where do I fit? And where did you fit? Well, look, I choose to be monogamous with my partner, right, but I am open to being polyamorous. So I make, I've said to him, I choose to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. I understand, I, I did enjoy, I don't, I didn't enjoy going to a sex party with strangers. Like I spent a lot of time just watching didn't participate too much. I'm all about trust. I think, you know, when you're immersed in trust, wonderful things can happen. But I'm open to threesomes or couples and stuff. But my, I don't think my partner's ready for that sort of adventure. So that might be something when we're in our 70s perhaps that we consider. I know that there are some people in their 70s who are really, really sexually active. I look at yachties in a, in a different view now. I dated a guy who was a bit of a yachty and, yes, I think they um, they get up to um, shenanigans quite a lot. <laughs> so when you see boats all crewed together near an island or something, you think, mm, okay. So at the moment, like one thing I did discover, my fit, what I my kink is sensuality and touch and I love having my feet touched my back touched things like that but I'm more focused on exploring the depths of my orgasm so I don't need anything else I'm quite happy where I'm at at the moment and you might think oh I have a great sex life and I'm shagging three four five times a week it's not it's maybe once a fortnight but that's enough for us Enough for me. I'm actually having, (laughs) I'm sort of developing a bit of a theory. I'm having wet dreams in menopause. I have more orgasms in wet dreams than I do having physical sex. (laughs) And maybe we should wrap it up there (laughs) because I think you've lost it. (laughs) If people can want to find and join in some of the conversations Come over to the Spicy Boudoir on Facebook as well. We do have a private group there. I understand it's it's difficult for people on Facebook when you've got your personal profile. People are a little bit shy, but no question is off limits and you can always message me discreetly and I can put your question out to the group so you don't have to be the one to post it. That's a great idea. Thank you so much. And all the links that we've talked about on this episode will be up on the webpage as well, including the links to Susan's social media and website and everything else. And those other couple of links that you spoke about too, we'll put them all up. So Mm, thanks. We can, that everybody can find you. (laughs) Karen, it's been great chatting with you. 
My so cheeks much fun. are sore. <laughs> that was our facial exercise for the day, wasn't it? it certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Susan. You're welcome. for joining us this week on menopause marriage and motherhood make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player and while you're at it we'd love you to leave us a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would be amazing too be sure to tune in next week for the next episode and remember if you're busy thinking about what you can't have how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have see you next week